We are back with a new episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. We have missed everyone after a uh, a week off of, of last week of, of not discussing uh, episode 9, but good news. They were talking about episode 9 and 10 in this uh, special two-episode synopsis of the Hoth Hangout podcast covering Andor. But first of all, and most importantly, uh, Joey, it is good to see and hear from you. Uh, Joey, for those that don't know, was on vacation in one of the most fantastic places in the world known to man. Uh, Joey, tell us a little bit about where, where you were. Well, we were, my wife and my daughter, we were in Orlando, Florida, and a little place called Disney World. Mm. <laughs> so we... um. We were picked by Make-A-Wish to, uh, they granted a wish for our daughter to go over there. Um, you know, we were supposed to go in May 2020, but as you know, things happened around the world that shut things down <laughs> and uh, we weren't able to go. So they, they finally rescheduled it. We ended up going um, last week and it was actually my birthday week as well. Woo-hoo, so happy yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm 21 again. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but yeah, we ended up uh, going to Galaxy's Edge actually for my birthday and oh my God, Ben, you got to go, bro. I want to. It is so fun. I'm ashamed to say I've never been. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the past couple of years has been a little bit hard to travel at all. So, but when you get a chance, man, you got to go. My daughter rode the rides, Rise of the Resistance though. Oh my God. I, I. We were blown away. My wife's not a huge Star Wars fan, but even she was like, that was amazing. So, <laughs> has, has your wife seen every movie? She has seen every movie, thanks to me, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. uh, I'm very jealous. Of, for, I guess for anyone that doesn't know what Galaxy's Edge is, um, yeah. it's basically like a, the whole theme park is like Star Wars themed. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it resides in Hollywood Studios. It's like in the back set of it, and um, what they created was um, basically a, a village, or um, I forget if it's a village or a planet um, called. Oh, I see. It's a. It's a like a. It's an outpost. Black Black Spire outpost, I believe. Um, yeah, I think it's Black Spire outpost, and uh, it's it sets place around the sequel trilogy. Um, around that time. So you'll see Kylo Ren, you'll see Rey, you'll see, you know, First Order, Stormtroopers and such. So, it, you know, kind of being in the middle of all that, immersed in all that was so fun. And they have things like cantinas that, that serve blue milk. They have, um, you know, build your own lightsaber, build your own droid, and um, all of these fun Star Wars things. And I think there's like, you could do like a little bit of a scavenger hunt of things that, you know, you can find certain items around um, that park. Oh man, it is just so fun to, uh, to have been in the middle of that. And, and the rides there were just amazing. So yeah, you got to go, man. You got to go. <laughs> it, it sounds like a blast. It's, it looked like a blast from the pictures that I saw that you, uh, mm-hmm. that you provided. Those, uh, those were pretty neat to see. And yes. uh, again, what a, what a cool thing that, that Make-A-Wish did. So yeah, absolutely the coolest thing. And um, yeah, we, we owe it all to them. It was really cool to be a part of. 
Definitely. Well, someday yeah. I I hope to uh, also have partaken, partaken, partook, uh, experienced the yes. the the amazingness that is Galaxy's Edge. So yeah. Until that day, I I am very jealous of you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a reaction video of that when Ben first gets to uh, live Galaxy's Edge live recording of Hoth Hangout from Galaxy's uh, yeah. Edge. Oh my God! Yeah. Coming to a, great. a podcast near you. Yes, hopefully, hopefully very soon. Definitely. Uh, but before that day comes, we do uh, we do have a wonderful show in Andor, which uh, it seems has recently picked up pace. Um, curious, yes. curious, of course, to get your thoughts on not just episode nine but also episode ten. Uh, last we last we talked, and I had to think about this, and and I think we we briefly briefly mentioned this to each other before we started recording. Um, is that I I wasn't even really sure like I remembered everything about episode nine, so I was like trying to gather my thoughts, and I was yes. like, "What did happen in episode nine? What 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 happened in episode eight that we did talk about?" Um, and just briefly right off the bat, I I don't know if I want to jump, you know, if we want to jump straight into like the uh the nitty gritty of of episode nine first, of course, before we get to episode ten, which by the way was an amazing episode. Um, oh yeah. But in episode nine, we had known prior to that episode that Vel, I think from a kind of an offhanded comment that came through sent from Senta, came from a, a rather affluent or, or you know high status background. Um, now we get this vital piece of information about her and Mon Mothma, and I was like, what? Yeah, to to have that come full circle. I, I... You know, I, I think I wish we did a reaction video of that because I mean, I was I did not expect that at all when they said because the driver, I believe the driver was saying, yeah, your cousin's here or something to that effect. I'm like, who, you know, I was I, I didn't really think twice about it of even who it could be. Yeah, um, maybe, you know, like because I feel like they've been introducing. I mean, up in the, to this point, you know, where we episode nine, ten. We're still getting new characters, you know, whether it's the new prisoners or, you know, we, we, we're throughout this whole series, they have been introducing new people. So I'm like, this is probably just another person they're introducing, but for it to become to be Vel and, you know, like you, you know, as viewers, you, we go back to the first, you know, five episodes when Cynthia actually mentions, oh, you being a rich girl and all this, whatever it was I'm like, oh. That's who it is. And I mean, talk about rich. You, you weren't lying. You weren't lying when you said, you know, from a rich family. Yeah. Which actually there, there's another kind of sort of a tie in in the, in the next episode, the 10th episode to the, is it, is it Chandra law? Is that how you pronounce the planet that, that... I, think, I, th I think that's what it is. I'm sure uh, uh, we'll get some corrections in there, but yeah, that sounds right. We'll it, go with that. So is someone from Shan, let us know either in the comments on YouTube or, <laughs> Or tweet at us or something. What the correct pronunciation of the planet yeah. is? Um, we don't pretend to be, uh, you know, purist in pronunciations. Here. Yeah, but no, there's a connection to sort of this uh, really well-to-do and 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 uh, in the tenth episode as well with with something that I guess we can talk about here in a bit too. So, uh, like we also said before the episode, um, it was almost it worked out pretty conveniently that that. It happened to be the ninth episode was the one that we knew we'd have to delay a week to record because um, these two episodes seem to go very hand in hand. The ninth, of course, and ninth and tenth, of course, 
you know, mostly taking place, um, more so I think the 10th and the 9th episode, but mostly taking place uh, within the confines and within the context of, of the prison uh, that we last left Andor in at the end of episode 8, uh, along with, um, gosh, Andy Serkis's character whose name... Kino. Kino, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, who I love, by the way. Uh, what a fantastic addition to the show. In many ways, almost seemed to carry at many moments of, uh, yeah, of, of the last two episodes. Which it's it's yeah, it's amazing. This show is called Andor. <laughs> yeah. Because no offense, but there are some really good characters in the show that are yeah. not named Andor. You know, uh, with him, obviously, we've talked about Mon Mothma. We've, you know, been interested in characters like Bix and Luthen. Um, but yeah, Kino's character, especially in episode 10, um, you know, you, you, you kind you building into, and this is what I've loved about this show, really, is that they do a good job of making you care about characters, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about exactly what happened with him at the end here, but I mean, from the very beginning, you, I think Andy Serkis himself commands, a, a, you know, commands a room, is able to really get your attention, and even in the role that he's in, he's like the supervisor. He's the lead prisoner of that particular, you know, that particular sect of um, that room that is working. On yeah. the prison, and you almost knew that you don't get a a person, an actor like that, unless you're going to come through and have a pretty big impact on the storyline. And I think they did a great job, you know, ultimately with his uh, with his role. Yeah, I could not agree more. In many ways, he has probably been my favorite part of the show, at least in terms of acting. Well, I I can't I can't I can't. Can't overtake my girl Mon Mothma, Genevieve yeah, right. O'Reilly yet. Uh, yeah. I think I think her performance is probably still my favorite, but Andy Serkis yeah. is like a close second. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I think the reason I enjoyed it, and probably most most people enjoyed it, his character. I mean, um, is you get to see kind of this progression um, from. And the first question I had with his character when we first saw him on screen, of course, and I think this is most people's reaction, is why is he so, like, intent on being this this cog in the wheel, this, like, leader, Mm -hmm. this enforcer, when he, too, is a prisoner? I think we actually touched on this on our last podcast as well. Um but that was the main question I had going into episode nine is like, well, why, what is, what is in it for him? Why is he so, you know, intent on being this enforcer amongst this, this, uh, you know, crew of prisoners on level five, I, I believe it is. Isn't that where, what level they were on? So, yeah. Um, 5D2, is that right? 5D2, yeah. Um, and, and so that was a, ma- you know, a major question in my head. And then, uh, episode nine, especially, but then of, you know, it, it finalizes in episode 10. Um, you get to see this change of heart. And you get to see mm-hmm. kind of from Andor, from Cassian, you know, slowly like bringing up these questions of, right. you know, like these prisoners, like that's going to happen to us. Like what they did to them, yeah. that's going to happen to us next. Uh, and then, of course, the final straw, 
the and this is part of like it being a week since having seen episode nine, but the older gentleman who worked on yeah. the floor, um, when he, I I, w- I feel like his name has an X in it. I don't. Anyways, um, yeah. Yuli Yuli or something like that. Maybe it was yeah. a U. Yeah. Any anyways, yeah. like he, um, you know, when he meets his his you know untimely demise, so to speak. Spoiler. Um, you really get to see this humanity come out in um for, forgive me andy circus's character who's yeah kino kino i need to like i may mental note kino kino <laughs> um you really get to see this this uh this change of heart <clears throat> and this recognition of like the humanity uh, and for the first time you can see that he's beginning to contemplate well maybe cassian's right you know, maybe this, right. you know, maybe this is uh, obviously not an ideal situation, but this is a situation we should push back against, so to speak. Right. And I think the, you know, to, to circle, to go back to what has happened, the prisoners find out that on, I think, I want to say level two, that mm-hmm. um, a prisoner was released on a, up another level. I think it was only it was from two to three or from three to two. Yeah, something, I thought. I think I yeah. thought it was from three, something to two. I thought was yeah the, um, the the route. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, so they end up finding out that excuse me, a prisoner was released and then sent to level two or to level three, whatever it is, and all it all went crazy. Every I don't know if they seem like they. They got upset about it, or the prisoner told everyone that I was released, and so I, I wasn't clear exactly how it went all awry. But eventually, the prison guards and um, the the empire um, basically fried all hundred prisoners inside yeah. of that particular room. Right? It was a it was Over an accident. Floor. It was an accident on the part of, and I don't know if it was one particular staff member or member of the empire, but mm-hmm. um, it was a mistake. Like, you know, whoever, whoever that prisoner was, they were supposed to be shipped probably off world or definitely off base um, to e- to a different prison, mm-hmm. uh, which was the system that they've had in place since, since you know, Palpatine has issued these new orders and new rules. Um, and I don't think they ever specify how the mistake was made. But ultimately, right. that it was a mistake that, that that prisoner ended up on that floor. Right. Well, was, but I think it was interpreted by every uh, for all the prisoners basically that you were never getting off. Oh out yeah, of here. yeah. I you mean, know? that's the realization once once right. he, yeah. he once it's made known that he came from a different floor. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it would be the prisoners on the floor he got to, not the floor he came from, that were right prisoners. <laughs> That, right, uh, exactly. That were fried, I guess is how they say it in the show. Right, yeah. So when the doctor comes to help the older prisoner that ends up, you know, sounds like he ends up having a stroke in the middle of their shift mm-hmm. and ultimately passing there in the hallway, I think the, um, <clears throat> you know, the thought that you, like you said, you know, Kino finally realizes that, oh, we're we're not getting out. Yeah. And a very powerful ending to episode nine because Andor the entire time is asking Kino how many guards are here, how yeah. many guards are on this floor, you know, um, with Kino not budging all episode for them for him to finally realize, well, 
it looks like we're not getting out. I'm on your side. There are 12, you know? So, yeah. You know, I, I it's thought the first, the, it's um... the first thing he honestly answers Andor, I think. Right. If I, yeah. if, you know, if my memory serves me correctly. So, uh, you know, he is now all in um, with the escape, with the plan. Um, well, I don't think he knows the plan up in that point, but um, he is down for, he's down to clown and wants to get out of there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I just I thought the ending to that episode was was really great. I mean, mm-hmm. judging from both episodes nine and ten, I can see how probably just the general consensus will will inevitably be that episode ten was was sure. probably the favorite. Uh, but that's not a knock against nine because what episode honestly what the whole prison sequence does, and it's funny going back like three weeks from or maybe two weeks from now when we were thinking like. I mean, how like how much can they do with the prison sequence? Like, I feel more captivated by the past three episodes of Andor than I think I did the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Aldani, you know, missions that was a lot of build up, and it was still kind of unclear to me the whole time. Like, why are we doing this? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right. This is like a survival instinct sort of sort yeah. of deal where it's like if we don't do this, we are going to die. <laughs> right, yeah. And so that adds an element of necessity <clears throat> um that it definitely I don't I don't know if I can call the first half of the season like necessity in terms of mm-hmm. uh, you know, as captivating as what was that the 6th episode was. Mm-hmm. Um but so so that for me and and again, Kino, Andy Circus's character had a lot to do with this too. But I've I've kind of enjoyed the prison sequence more than anything else in the show so far, if I'm being honest. What's interesting is just like you said, we we were questioning a little bit of like how how captivating is this gonna end up being? And we even commented on kind of seeing a you know, maybe I don't know if I said this, you know, this exact word, but kind of a broken Andor, you know, where up until this point he was a certain way. You know, he was rebellious, he was um <clears throat> kind of uh, you know, going by the beat of his own drum and he was doing his thing. But when he got to the prison, he conformed pretty quickly. <laughs> it felt like, you know, yeah. he was he was a he was a cog in the wheel. He was a cog in, you know, what we were what he was supposed to be doing. Um but to see that flip pretty quickly, you know, in the last couple of episodes where he is now um, kind of leading, not, I wouldn't even say leading, but, you know, quietly um, trying to hype up certain people to, to get this done. But you, he even knew that he was not the leader of this group. It was Kino, you know, so when, when they finally stormed the bridge or they stormed the control room. They find, which I thought was, I don't know why I thought it was so funny. When they found the control room, you actually see a person um, who does not look like the sound of the, you know, whenever they do the announcement program, you know, that whole uh-huh. that whole thing that you actually see the person behind that voice. And obviously they're using some kind of voice changer. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the guy that, you know, <laughs> there's no fear. I don't have fear of this person. You know, he doesn't look scary. It's like the Wizard of Oz, like the guy behind exactly. the curtain. <laughs> exactly. So we, we finally see this person who is doing this and, you know, they essentially tell them to go up against the wall and even and or that point. It's like the these are your people. You got to lead them. And he even like hypes them up like you got to do better. Come on, let's go, you know. And 
I was about to storm out of my house when I was watching because I'm like, let's go, you know, one way out, you know, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I, I thought that just the casting of Andy for this role was absolutely perfect. And yes. if not for anything else for that scene where he is uh, getting getting all the prisoners ready to escape. Yeah, which and we can like just go full force dissecting into episode 10 if you want. Uh, but perhaps on a more humorous note to tie it all back into Galaxy's Edge, which focuses on the sequels. Andy Circus, Kino, doesn't leave the prison because he can't swim. This is the this is the Snoke origin story. I'm telling you, <laughs> we did it. We found it. This is the Snoke yeah. origin story. Yeah, this and, is, <laughs> formed the first I, order because he hated the Empire. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, just seeing, I don't know, when it got to that point when he had to decide whether. And I, here, here's my thing. We never saw him die. I'm just saying, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> never saw him die. Which brings up a good point. Do you think we see him at all in the next two episodes? Or do you think it's pertinent to the story where they're just not going to show him anymore? I, I think he served his purpose. You know, I think... Um, it almost seems like a waste if they didn't, though. You know what I mean? I agree. But... <sighs> Part of me almost wants it, you know, like too much of a good thing. Type yeah. Of, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. I think where he left it was perfect. You know, he, 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 he had his arc. He was ready to leave. He was finally ready to leave. Um, Andor kind of got him there. And then he gets to this point and he's, he can't do it, you know, and it's, you know, it's like he got everybody there though. He was, the, he was the one that hyped up everyone to get out of that prison and they did. And unfortunately he could not. So as far as I, I almost don't want anymore that that is a perfect ending for me, for him. I think it was kind of silly, you know, like I'm not saying that, you know, if you can or can't swim, whatever, that's a serious thing, of course. But like to that, to be as end, I'm like, I wish you, you know, yeah, guns blazing type of thing. I would have rather that have happened uh, to if, his character. If the alternative is death, do you really not jump just because like you can't swim? I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I, I, mean, I, I as someone who can swim, I don't want to speak for someone yeah, who I'm can't. But <laughs> I'm the same. I, I mean, you, 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 I mean, because they all, they all were saying I'm dead anyway. They're, that, that was kind of the mantra the for point of the whole bit. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So at this point you are so just jump let's, come let's on go. man let's jump let's <laughs> jump give us the you know but no I get I mean <clears throat> I would have liked to see a more final ending to his story you know but to your point maybe this isn't the last you see of him you know um because as we know Star Wars is very can be a lot of ambiguity when it comes to death you know we just um yeah if you don't see them in a grave. <laughs> or even if you see them get cut in half. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> uh, kind of circling back to... I think this was at the very, very beginning of the ninth episode. Um, just wanted to touch on on Miro for a bit and kind of just talk about mm-hmm. where she's at. We didn't, we didn't get a ton of her in episode 10, but um, in the build-up to kind of the prison sequences, we, we do... Um, I think it was actually the end of episode eight and the beginning of episode nine where the interrogation of Bix has 
at, at the beginning of episode nine has basically already you know been been has taken place um and if i recall uh, you know they kind of they they get to bix through that interrogation process um and then later on in the episode um i i, I will say maybe before i talk about later on in the episode Mira's character is one that I am still kind of on the fence about. I would say I'm more in in favor of just <clears throat> in generally enjoying the character and, and yeah. like understanding kind of I, I guess I still had a I wish we had a little bit more understanding of her motivations. Um but I you know, I, I like her a lot as a character and and I think she provides a satisfactory antagonist for the show i wouldn't mm -hmm. say it's like enthralling i wouldn't say it's like oh my gosh yeah, yeah. you know that's miro miro's coming <laughs> right yeah. um she's good but she's you know she's got this chip on her shoulder i i admire that aspect about the character um <laughs> and then transitioning into what for me was one of the weirder scenes of the entire show i don't know if you know which one i'm going to talk about um i think i know but go ahead yeah the the scene which we, we, you know, Card had this this bright spot, man. He had this. What what was it like? Uh, it was when it was the episode where Miro. I don't remember if it was seven or eight. I think it may have been eight. Ah, it might have been seven. Anyways, the the scene where Miro is interrogating uh, Karn, you know about about Andor, and Karn is like, you know, I've gone through all this stuff and like uh i want to help i want to be a part of you know he wants to like yeah. basically join the isb i think he i don't know if he explicitly says that or more or less says yeah you, you know if you need my help like please let me i, I need to do this or, more yeah. or less um mm -hmm. super weird scene in episode nine where he's basically like stalking her is that fair to say i don't <laughs> like yeah, it kind of yes, I would agree that that was the the vibe I got from that scene, <laughs> and it, it felt real out of place. Yeah, um, super out of place. I mean, so I you know like it, it sounded like he got some type of promotion, right? In in the role he was in, and he believes that she had a part in it, had a hand in it, and yeah, just gave a real. What's that show on Netflix with um, ah, okay. uh, the stalker? I can't remember, but yeah, like it, it, oh. it felt me. Has it me? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. You, you, <laughs> yes, you, <laughs> me, is you. It I me? No is it you? You, yeah, yeah. It it, it had that like peeking in a window, <laughs> like watching her, because he he even said something to the effect of, "I've been here every day, hoping to run into you." Some type of very weird comments and um in the, yeah if we if we didn't like karn's character already oh I'm, I'm way past caring i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah this is what i'm saying like you you are you are burying this character now at this point you know and i don't know if that's going to be the end game for this character but yeah get him out of here cuz i mean just because even still to this to the to the time that we saw him in that episode, still getting braided by mom, you know, <laughs> by his yeah. mom. How many times have and we seen this guy eat cereal in this show? Like yeah, at least right, seven yeah. already. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. And it's it's just and I don't know if that's great 
character development you know we we just i mean it, it's and again we remember where this came from episodes one and two we were like this is oh yeah we thought he was gonna be the main bad guy this is who we're rooting against you know yeah because he's the bad guy but now we're rooting against them because we just don't like the guy <laughs> there's just a different yeah. you know we just want him out of here so um yeah super weird scene um and you know you just don't like i mean i i don't i didn't get any enjoyment out of that at all just at all yeah i and there's also like i tell me if you think this about miro as well like i i like like i said just a second ago i enjoy miro's character for the most part i i'm i am way more intrigued by her character than i am arn at this point but there's also something about her character that's also just kind of weird too um I, I think I they're both like kind of neurotic in the sense yeah. that oh, yeah. like they um they feel very fixated on mm-hmm. something that they either need to accomplish or something they need to make right or something they need to like mm-hmm. fix. Yeah. Um and <laughs> I think that alone, the uh, more so Karn, I, I would say, than than Miro. But I think there's a piece of that with Miro too. That alone in that scene, there was about this like five to se- ten second portion of the conversation where I felt like almost awkward, not just awkward tension, but almost awkward like sexual tension. I don't know. If, no, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. I don't yeah. know if I was the only one that felt that, but I'm watching this this scene. I'm like, are they gonna like? kiss what's please, happening right now please please don't yeah <laughs> i think we were all thinking please, that yeah please don't go that road with these two characters you yeah. know because i mean you know if there's a true chemistry in these but you know i would i would get like you know let's if we go back to andor and vix obviously they have some type of past together yeah. you know understandable fine um but these two in this very interrogator interrogatee um type of relationship or i wouldn't even call it a relationship like transaction you know whatever yeah you know this i don't like you you know stop stop getting around me stop you know like and to him to even to admit like oh i've been looking for you you know just oh <laughs> i think that's, that's the way not, he, i think that's, that's the way he says it too <laughs> like oh i found you i've been looking for you yeah so just please don't let this be the route for them to get together. Just because I don't want one. I don't want people to think that this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... this is not okay. This is, you know, <clears throat> but anyways, you know, I, with Miro, I think at least I'm, I'm, you know, I, you know, yes, the, 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 you know, being neurotic about it, but she is hitting all the right points which I do appreciate. She is asking the questions that are not being asked by any anyone else in the ISB. So I appreciate that about her. And, you know, you got to have somebody who is being able to, you know, because you always think that, you know, the, the, the good guys, they are the ones that are thinking outside of the box to get these solutions. Um, but when you see it from the other side, from the Empire, you know, you got to have people doing that too, or or else... You know their their ultimate goal of ruling will be gone. You know of controlling will be gone. So if you don't have someone to balance that out, you know in in 
you know, from the rebellion side, you've got Andor kind of doing it, you know, within the prison or wherever he is. But to have Miro doing it from the Empire side, I think is a good balance. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I just, again, I, I hope they... I, I think, like, the whole Karn-Miro thing... Like, Karn's character, for me, is, is kind of past, <clears throat> past saving at this point. Yeah. Unfortunate, um, but yes. I think it would do tons of de- detriment to, to Miro's character if, if, like, Karn is somehow, like, her main storyline now. Right, yeah. Or, like, not even a main storyline. Even, like, a side storyline of, like, you know, she's seeking Andor, but, like, what's she gonna do with Karn? Like, I can't wait to see what her and Karn do the next episode. Like, I, I don't really want that, and I don't care for that. I want right her story to kind of be separate from his. I kind of right, want his story to go away at this point, if yeah, I'm being yeah, right, honest. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and and she has been doing fine without him. Yeah, she has. Yeah, but- she has been, she has, like I said, figured out patterns of all of the, uh, you know, stolen, em, you know, empire technology. And, you know, she, she was the one that figured all that out. She was able to get reports off of that, you know, and finally maybe come together and, you know, found this, this person named Axis to, to, um, to kind of point at, to, to follow. So, you know, I think she doesn't need him. Maybe you know, I'm, she maybe needed him for that one interrogation, but I think that's done. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it's done after pretty much after that. Yeah, I'm I'm very uh very interested to see if we get the the power duo antagonist in season two. <laughs> I hope oh not. Gosh. I hope not. Please no. Um, one other interesting piece of episode nine, um. Kind of the, the the one remaining one that I definitely wanted to touch on, um, which carries directly into episode ten. We see that we see it come to fruition in episode ten, I guess I should say, uh, is Mon Mothma and Take Coleman, Coleman, not Coleman, Colma, excuse me, uh, having that conversation where basically Mon is making the decision about. Um, financial resources when it comes to funding the rebellion mm-hmm. um and i think it's is it, i think it's tay if i remember correctly who suggests to her mm-hmm. um the fellow his name i had it here davo scolden mm-hmm. um who who mon is immediately you know immediately negative reaction to um a side note, actually, with this scene kind of separate from that plot point, and we got this from episode seven as well, but clearly there is history with Mon and Tay, um, which reinforces another. I, I this was actually I thought the most underrated part of episode ten, um, was how Mon Mothma's relationship with her husband, um, and maybe lack thereof of a relationship of a marital relationship with Tay um, kind of influences her immediate negative reaction um, when it's suggested that when Davo eventually comes to visit and proposes this, this uh, offer, you know, he's filthy rich. He's kind of a scummy guy. He's and you know, she's like, please let me pay you. I, I don't want to be owed anything like right. owed mm-hmm. a favor. Um, and, and his only condition of the deal is that his son comes and basically just meets 
her daughter, which we also, I guess, learned that it's uh, Chandralin, I think I'm saying that right, tradition that um, kind of these arranged marriages right. are, are set up pretty mm -hmm. early on uh, according to, you know, wealth uh, and, and finances. And so um, it, I thought they did a great job of kind of, from Mon's perspective, seeing that immediate negative reaction when that proposal was was brought up by Davo. Because, um, I mean, in her in that moment, she sees her daughter being almost like doomed to this life that she's living, and she wants mm -hmm. more for her and better for her. Like, Mon Mothma, in terms of her relationship, and probably just life in general, honestly, is clearly very stressed um, and does not appear to have a particularly loving relationship with her husband. Um, almost like a relationship of tolerance, at least what we've seen from, from the, you know, the most of the first season. Um, and, and to that point, even her relationship with her daughter is, is not great. But all, all that to say, in this moment, when the proposal is brought up, I really enjoyed how they kind of brought that together. And there was this instant moment of like, no, like absolutely not. Like, even if it's not for like a, like a marriage proposal, um, like I want better for my daughter than what I had. But ultimately, which is like the opportunity to not be um, forced into something, or even feel like she's being forced into something. Right. right. And Genevieve O'Reilly in that scene, oh my god! Like, and and I mean the character herself. I'm you know she Mon Mothma has always been very proper, very diplomatic, very. Um, with a couple of maybe side, you know, like, you know, jabs here and there, <laughs> but, it, but they've always been like pleasant ones and you're not too, but not too offended by them. But when this proposal was come up, you saw how quickly she, she flipped, you know, on that when it was just too much, like this, this task, this request, and this is probably something, maybe not this specific thing that she was expecting when she heard that name Davo brought up by Tay. But I think even she was shocked by this proposal in, in, in what um, he was asking. Because, I mean, you know, maybe he was not explicitly saying for them to have an arranged marriage out of this, but based off of the traditions of their, of their planet and of their people, that's, that's what this is asking, right? Mm -hmm. Um so for her to again lose it i mean that's what she did <laughs> you know she lost it and for 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 her to kind of show that true mom side that true that you know true human side the the human reaction to this she's not a politician anymore not a senator or anything like that she is mom she is you know and she wants better for her daughter like you said so um to see that transformation, and maybe not even transformation, but to peel back though that layer mm -hmm. of of Mon Mothma and to see her for who she truly is as a mother, um, because you know, like you said, I don't think she particularly cares, uh, as you know, for being a you know his wife, you know the the, the I forget his name already, but um, but to be but to be that that proper mom in her eyes 
and not to fall into these traditions, which she clearly does not care for anymore. I think, and I and I wonder how that plays on later on. Um, just you know, her trying to step away from those traditions. Obviously, she's more of a you know wants to have more progress away from it. I'm just curious how her character will continue to do that, and how important that that feature, that characteristic of hers, will be will fall into like eventually leading the rebellion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was um it was it was nice to see that different side of her or maybe not, you know, different but just that piece of her that maybe we knew was there but, you know, um the mom's come the mom comes first rather than the the politician comes first card. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it almost get, you know, you almost see that well it's either the rebellion or my daughter, <laughs> you know, that's, right. that's, that's the decision she has to make. Which, which is a, a good point to bring up because the ultimate outcome of the scene is not a, like, obviously she's very, you know, basically offended and off put by the, by the offer. Um, but there's this sense at the end of that scene, as he's walking away, um, where, um, you know, he says, or she says like i i know i like i won't consider it and he says like yeah. that's the first like lie you've told or the first untrue thing right, you yeah, said yeah. so right. and then it's that's just kind of how it ends so like there's not a concrete acceptance of any sort of funds like the scene ends where you're like so are they getting the money like is, is this proposal right, yeah. in place you're not really sure right uh, right so having said that you know is she flat out denying the proposal I mean, it kind of seems like it, but also at the same time, no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. She you, don't, you don't write a line like that's the only untrue thing you've said. Yeah. Without that, without something happening later on about it. I mean, she recognizes how dire you know the circumstances are and like how much they need these funds. Otherwise, they wouldn't have called this guy who she considers to be a thug and and kind of a right. Uh, you know, someone who she really doesn't like at all. Um. So yeah, it, it'll be. And I think this storyline, um, and particularly, uh, gosh, his name is already escaping me. Um, Davo? Davo, yes, thanks. Um, I think we see Davo again. If, oh, yeah. If, if not this season, 100% next season. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, in, in, and I wonder if it's, you know, if he ends up, you know, tell you know, tricking on her at some point, or because you know, if he is a, the sleaze that he he seems to be, yeah, um, sounds like he he has no loyalties to anybody in particular other than himself, right? So, I wonder if he can be, I don't know if bought is the right word, but influenced into telling certain, you know, telling his story of, of things and. Maybe in how Mon Mothma and Tay had approached him, you know. So I wonder. Yeah, we, this definitely is not the last we've seen of of Davo. Yeah, I I think he probably can. Just I don't. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's so wealthy that he doesn't really care that much about money. I think the thing that would convince him to kind of show his hand or or betray the rebellion and or Mon Mothma is just offering him power or influence. Honestly, yeah, right. Um, Absolutely. I think that would probably get him to kind of tip towards the other side of the scale, if you will. 
anyways, we'll see, we'll see. Kind of kind of an interesting character. I I uh I, I like the Mon Mothma scenes. They're some of my favorites. The the acting, the actors in this series are so good. Yeah. You know, we we've gotten such a good amount of um scenes. I mean, I, and almost every every episode I always look for a scene or two where I'm like these two are going at it or you know, I mean these there they are in 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 episodes nine and ten. Anything with Mon Mothma, obviously. Andy Circus, like I said, stole the show. Um, I can't believe this show is named Andor because it's really, you know, it it showcases so much more um, than him. Yeah, I and think... don't get me wrong, I, I I love Diego Luna as well, but it's just like the, the amount of amount of stories that we are getting that are outside of his main storyline i wouldn't i don't even know if we call his the main storyline at this point there's just so much going on yeah um i mean that's kind of where i'm at with it where i'm at with it i'm not complaining but it's i mean that's just how it feels as far as watching the series yeah i mean it's a very character driven show um i think i think oftentimes that's most evidenced by I mean, it's very clear in some of the great episodes, like episode 10, but I think it's actually even more clear in some of the not-so-great episodes of the ones we didn't love because there's not as much, like, um, in terms of a plot progression occurring sometimes in some of these episodes in the first season. Like, they're focusing instead on, like, just conversations and, and like, relationships between characters. Um, Yeah, very character-driven show, which I think is also just more largely something with star wars um that i think is the reason we we tend to come back to it and love it is because um the characters are really just something you can grasp onto and hold on to and um i mean when i think about star wars as a whole you know when i when i pick out like an episode for example and this is kind of (laughs) going off the topic of andor maybe just a tad but um when i think of like an episode of for an example you know, I don't really think of, like, I don't identify the episode by what the plot of the episode is necessarily. I identify it by, like, what happens to this character in that episode. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel a lot about um, about Andor, too, when in regards to the characters. Like, and maybe that's just me becoming, like, more and more increasingly cynical about the plot of the show. <laughs> but sure. having said that, I... I um, I just I find myself uh, infatuated with with mm. particularly some of the newer characters we got in the last couple episodes. So um, right, but but it's really yeah. starting to get like um, Game of Thrones. Don't 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 go too <laughs> don't, wide, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, keep right. It, keep yeah. it focused. Yeah, right. And and it feels like every couple episodes we are introduced to a new character and. Which I think is is fine, you know. That in the real world, there are a ton of people, right? So there, yeah. there's going to definitely be a lot of people. But in the span of, I would love to see in the span of, you know, the ten episodes we've seen, how many new names have come up per episode, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because, um, <clears throat> I mean, in episode nine we got Davo, and we've got I think, was that when we learned about? Is it Krieger or no, no? That was with um. Um, that was in episode eight, actually. I yeah, think. with Saw. Yeah, right, with Saw. Saw. Right. Yeah. So I think the well, we would so assume we'll see him in the last two episodes of the of the season. Right. So yeah, let's you know 
we discover that one of the ISB officers. Yes. Um, you can tell I've really researched these names today. Lonnie. 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 Yes, Lonnie. <laughs> Um, that's actually kind of the other one big thing we haven't talked about maybe with, with, uh, episode 10, uh, in, in particular is, um, we learned that, uh, I think by Luthen's doing mainly, there is this mole within the ISB who's been there for six years. Um, and actually I think one of the other points that is noted in that scene is that he hasn't even talked to Luthen, I think in a year. Uh, so long that he now has a daughter, yeah. Which is also the chief reason he's you know contacting Luthen because he kind of wants out of this because he right. he's you know a- as tends to be the case I think when people uh, not just in Star Wars but in life you know have children they yeah. they have the recognition uh, of just life in general and if if they're doing something or if their occupation is hazardous or dangerous they yeah. think hmm. You know, I would like to be around for my children. Yes. Maybe I should not be doing this. Uh, and this seems like a prime example of that. Because, um, of course, if he gets caught for being a, a spy or a mole, it's it's probably a death sentence. So Yeah, right. Um, yeah. GGs. GGs, as they say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I liked that scene a lot. Um, yeah. I. It's interesting that, that that was the character they chose to go with. I wish they had like built up his character a little bit more. I do have to say, right. like, I wish we would have been seeing this character for the past like episode or two, just so that we had like a little bit more familiarity, and it wasn't just like, oh, there's the random mole that exists within right, the yeah. ISB. But I, I'm, I appreciate the fact, um, to kind of tie it back into maybe one of our very first podcasts was we talked about how, um, it feels much more like a spy show than a Star Wars show. And so to tie that all together, now we have like the double agent aspect going on too. Right. And, um, you know, before we started this episode, we were kind of talking about like click-through rates and things like that. I think they they, they wanted us to go back to the first couple episodes and try to find, <laughs> you know, this particular ISB officer and like, what was he doing this entire time? So yeah. they know what they're doing. They wanted, they wanted us to go back to those episodes. No, um, I think the... Yeah, I I was kind of shocked that this this is the route that happened that that, that went with Luthen because before we saw who it was, um, Clea, who I still don't know where she fits in everything, but uh, Clea, who appears to be Luthen's assistant, but I'm not quite sure exactly, you know, where she, you know, maybe more of a peer than an assistant, but, um. It sounds like there were some some markings uh, nearby their art studio, and they were able to determine that you know this what was it Lonnie right Lonnie yeah Lonnie um it seems that Lonnie had done the two things that needs to happen in order for them to meet up you know that's kind of what what I got from there and um which I thought was interesting because it just like it really does feel like that spy movies feel like okay these coded things have to happen in order for us to meet and you know he goes in that elevator and um, you know that goes all the way down and he's got this little you know earpiece and they're talking through that all this stuff so um, yeah yeah very spy um spy feel for sure which um, and so that scene in particular i don't know if, if uh I don't know what happened to 
this concept or, or if these episodes were ever even written or uh, definitely weren't filmed. Um, but I know prior to Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm, one of the primary um, projects that, that George wanted to produce uh, and work on was the like undergrounds of Coruscant mm-hmm. or underworld yes. of Coruscant storyline. That's right, yeah. Um, and this was like the the 60-second buildup to this scene in the elevator, the conversation between Lonnie and Luthen. <clears throat> I was like, man, I feel like this is the setting for, for that show that we never got. True, yeah. Yeah, I, I have seen... And I forget if it was this like concept stuff from that show or whatever that you're talking about. <laughs> I I feel like I've seen some of that, and that's they definitely got the feel for um. Which would be a uh, fun idea scene. for a show, yeah. I mean, uh, we we can talk about it. It's fine. Give give, um, give me a whole episode on death sticks. Yeah, death sticks. Yeah. So, yeah, and. The, you know the and I, we want to talk about some good acting. Luthen's character talking about um, when he was talking with Lonnie about sacrifice. Oh you know, yeah, what 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 he has you know, um, Lonnie was talking about you know all the sacrifice that he's been doing for for all of this, <clears throat> and um, Luthen's basically saying you can't. I'm not letting you. You know. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, Lonnie asks him, well, what have you sacrificed? Nothing, you know, which is like a personal then, offense to Luthen. <laughs> wow. And for him to, he goes all in on all the things that he cannot have because of the role that he's in. Um, and no one will, and you know, it's kind of this thankless role where no one will ever know that what I am doing for this rebellion and for the, you know, I will never, you know, he even goes as far as like, I will never know love or, you know, basically. Yeah. And well, he, he says, uh, I wish I had the exact quote in front of me. I'm looking for it right now, but essentially it's something to the effect of like, I am a sunless void or something like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's practiced these lines. I'm sure, you know, <laughs> like it, you don't come up with sunless void. In the beer in the, the morning. There. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. It's his mantra getting ready for work when he puts on his wig you know going to the art studio whatever that that that's a that's his motivation to get through it you know was he was he wearing the wig in this scene i don't even he know. was not he was I, not i no. didn't think he was i couldn't recall i i want to i want to see the one time he forgets to take off his wig during one of these meetings <laughs> and he's like oh crap you know and then takes it off real quick and yeah it's like something out of scooby-doo or something i feel like right yeah like oh i forgot to take the mask off or right yeah the mask on I would have gotten it away with it if it wasn't for you kids. <laughs> you, you, know. med- you meddling ISB. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think, you know, to, to wrap this part up, I mean, to have, I and I'm with you, I wish we had a little bit more <clears throat> heads up on this particular character uh, of Lonnie to keep an eye on him uh, a little early on. At least we would have had some context into you know, why these decisions, because, you know, earlier in this episode, we, we find that, um, he, he makes a suggestion to, to make everything look like it normally does. So just so, um, because I, I believe they find a pilot that, um, either works for, or is a part of Krieger's Krieger. Am I saying that right? Is that the, is that yeah. what we're looking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Krieger's crew. 
and um, they make it look like an accident, but I guess that pilot is dead, I think. I think that's yes. what ends up happening. Yes. And they want to they want to make it look like an accident, so as as to not, which was um, yeah, alarm anybody. Which was part of the conversation that I think Lonnie and Luthen had too was that, mm-hmm. um, like Lonnie obviously knows this, mm-hmm. and so he wants Luthen, I guess, to inform Krieger of this, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. by doing that might like alert the like break the cover. And so Luthen is like, well, we'll have to sacrifice lives. Then he even uses like the parallel of, well, it's either these 500 lives or your daughter's life. You know, which one do you choose? Right, yeah. Um, so I, I have the quote actually in front of me when, when he asks him, like, mm-hmm. what, if, what, if, so I, I got to read it because it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's probably the best quote of the episode, honestly. Uh, what is, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. No, the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. Like, whoa. That's good, man. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Mirror. Every morning says that to himself. (laughs) He's got it. it, it has he's got it written down on the top of his. He has a tattoo of it on his chest, <laughs> of that whole speech. There's no way. <laughs> and you know, again, going back to the acting and the you know the writing of this show. I mean, that's some good. That's good stuff right there. That's good. Yeah, that was honestly. I think as great as the prison sequence was, that like two or three lines I thought was the most memorable part of the episode because it's like I mean that is Star Wars. Like that is. Mm. The rebellion. The rebellion. That is like everything that went into the original trilogy that was unsaid, that was never explicitly shown. Like mm-hmm. these are the people that gave their lives and their everything to make it possible for Luke to shoot torpedoes down a hole. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's like this is this is the this is the stuff that that Star Wars is is made of. So yeah, uh, pretty special <laughs> scene. I thought. Yeah, and and to end this part here, I mean, and I don't know if this is how you felt, but I think the, because I think the scene right before that was when, or is was it after it? I can't remember now. Um, where? Oh no no no! I think it was that the episode ends with Cassian and one of the prisoners or other prisoners, right? Yeah, which finally was... making it to land. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just the two of them. <laughs> right, but. And I don't know if you caught his name in the subtitles or not. I don't remember if I did not or not. No, I don't he, think so. So he is a, a a secondary character from Rogue One. Um, and I thought that was cool how they tied that in. No way, is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, and I wish I... <laughs> I've done a great job of having names on hand for this yeah, episode. Yeah. If you haven't been able yeah, to yeah. tell, yeah, no, yeah, you, you've been doing. We, uh, we're, we're doing great. We're doing great. Yeah, but hopefully, I'll, I'll get that the name of that uh, character before the end of the podcast. And, yeah. Um, but it was a secondary character. I yeah. want to say that it does. So was it? I'm guessing it was probably one of the other rebellion uh, rebels that was on Scarif there at the end. Um. 
was it Mish? What? I feel like if I you remember. I feel like if you said the name, I'd I'd probably recognize right, it. Right. Yeah. But um. Anyways, I'll, I thought it was also a cool like tie-in little. Oh, for sure. Not, I mean, not even like an. I mean, maybe it's an Easter egg, you know, just a cool like nod to Rogue One in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which which would make sense, and you know, I was wondering if, you know, these these people that all got off the prison got out of the prison, if this was would be all you know, kind of fueling the rebellion or you know, um, filtering in into the you know feeding into the rebellion. I'm sorry, you know, kind of like a feeder team going in from high school to or like a, from grade school to high school or whatever. Yeah, I thought that 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 might be what we were seeing is just like the this prison is going to be just a bunch of rebels by the end of uh by the end of this. I I'm trying to look up what the name of the guy is, and I I'm reading under his subtitle, "Who accompanies Cassian after escaping from Narkina Five, and the whole paragraph just talks about how how Kino might be Snoke. <laughs> oh, see, oh my God, you should have written this before. You know, oh, no, you could have been ahead of it. You could have been yeah. ahead of it. Anyways, <laughs> um, oh, found the name, yeah, Melshi. Melshi, thank you. I knew it was M. Melshi. But yes, that uh, yeah, that name is familiar from Rogue One. That's right. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool tie-in, little uh, little neat way to Absolutely. end the episode. Yeah. So, um, loved the episodes. The mm-hmm. time has come, though, Joey, to yeah. rate the episodes. You can rate them individually, or you can rate mm-hmm. them collectively. I'm cool with right. either option. Right. I want to go collectively. This yeah. this felt like. A two-parter, really. I know yeah. we, you know, when... Almost three in Open... a way, with episode yeah, eight. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, we, we, early on, we were, we were experiencing, like, these three-episode arcs, right? Um, but I think when we got to episode seven, that's when everything was, and I think we even called it, like, a reset. Like, where are we in time? What's happening here? Who is who is where here? Let's just you know reset. So mm-hmm. that almost felt like its own episode, and then now yeah. this eight, nine, ten here is kind of another, you know, beginning, middle, end type of uh, as far as the prison anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of how it felt. Because I remember at the end of what was it was it episode seven when yeah it must have been episode seven when he was originally caught at the end of it and i'm like where where did this come from this is kind of a weird yeah you had a lot of questions about his character after that right like he seemed like like i don't know not as cool of a character after episode seven yeah right so i think after after this i mean so i'll 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 rate these two these last two kind of together Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean uh, I, I it's hard to not really enjoy these last two with it, with all the acting and all, I mean I give it an, a solid A you know uh because of all the stuff that we and and I think it was because a lot of it comes from like I had almost not I almost had zero expectations really of these two episodes yeah and and at the end of it I really enjoyed not only you know the solution of getting out I mean the solution of getting out of the prison was great. I thought just the way they figured out how to how to short out the um the mechanism that essentially fries the floor 
um, in order for them to get out and then getting to the control panel or the control center to shut off everything and then, you know, kind of rally the prisoners to, to get out. Um, because there was no, much like the, the, um, the mission on Aldani, you know, we didn't really get a lot of info. Actually, no, we did get some info on how they were going to do that on Aldani. But like you were saying, there was no, no huge urgency, you know, to us as viewers. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, you're stealing payroll. Cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. But this, like you said, was to survive, to get out and survive, you know? So there's definitely a, a level of urgency that was there. So, <clears throat> and it happened so quickly, you know, in my mind. <laughs> now, I will say I only watched episode eight like on Sunday because I was busy all last week. So, you know, for me, Sunday and then today was, I mean, there's not a lot of time as far as, so that's why I'm lumping these two together like that. But um, with all the, the great actors that were in this, great scenes with Mon Mothma and Luthen and, and, um, and Kino, I think, yeah, I think A it would be the way to go for me. Yeah, I, I think I am inclined to agree. I think I'd probably go with an A as well um, for many of the reasons you just stated. But ultimately, I think it was because it was the episode, especially 10, but collectively the both of them, I, I think it was the episode that I enjoyed the most of the show. Um, yeah, I would probably say so. I, I, I think that's a safe assumption to make. I, I liked, you know, the Aldani like last episode too, but... Um, yeah, I mean, not to just basically just restate exactly what you just said, but, um, the fact that it felt like there was more life and death, more something on the line, Mm -hmm. um, you know, adds something to the experience of the episodes and, and also just, uh, another side note that is important, I think, to bring up, we're further along in Cassian's, um, progression in his journey towards the rebellion. And so, you know, he's no longer sort of this mercenary for hire. He's now, you know, this is, especially the prison experience, is kind of, we would assume in episodes 11 and 12, brought him to the point where it's like, okay, I just can't be out here doing this for money anymore. Like, I've seen what the Empire does. I've seen the evils that it creates. You know, I've seen these these atrocities that it's committed against all these 5,000-plus prisoners. Um, like this, this is, this means I need to get involved. You know, right. I can't just sit idly by, um, which, you know, okay. So for that reason, I, I would give it an A and I loved both the episodes, especially episode 10. Um, but that I want to bring up an important point too. I, I really, 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 really hope that we don't see any <laughs> regression, um, in, in Cassian's, yeah like motivations yeah yeah yeah. like i don't i don't want episodes 11 i don't want episode 11 to open and cassian being you know at home or you know with whoever and being like hey i think we really got to get out of here i think we need to run like i i i want this to be the tipping point i want him to be proactive in episodes 11 and 12 so that moving into season two we can be like okay he's a rebel like season two is gonna be great. It's gonna be all yeah. about like, um, uh, you know, now Mon Mothma is like kind of exposed as a rebel too, probably moving into episode or season two, excuse me. Like I, I just I want Cassian to be 
proactive in his pursuing of the rebellion. Right. And right. if we don't get that, I'm going to be pretty disappointed <laughs> in, in the last two episodes of the right. season. So. Yeah, and we've determined, I think we determined that these last two episodes, are, are they directed or written by the same person? I think, I think as they're... episode seven, was that what, where we were? I can double check on that. I, I know the last episode is. Yeah, okay. actually, you're right. It was seven, 11, and 12, if I remember correctly. Right, yeah. Um, that were directed all by the same director. <clears throat> right, so... Yeah, so we're definitely going to see some continuity here with the last two episodes as far as the storyline. Which makes sense in terms of continuity. Um, I will say 8, 9, and 10, the prison episodes, if you mm -hmm. will, were all directed by the same person. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> I don't know. For, um, for as critical as we were of episode 7... Does that make you nervous at all for episodes 11 it, it, and 12? It does a little bit. It does a little bit. Yeah. Um, but from what I remember from 7, I think we, we I mean, I, I remember relatively enjoying it. I mean, I'm being okay with it until the last about eight minutes or so or whatever it was when he's on the beach all of a sudden. And then I think we see, did he... I forget, did he already go to the prison or just got... No, no, he was just arraigned. He was given a sentence, right, after that. And, yeah, just that whole part there and how different he was there was just very off. So hopefully, like you said, he there's no regression here from where he needs to... Where we end up seeing him in Rogue One. You know, I think we've had, you know, up to this point, um, you know, 10 episodes almost 10 hours of, of Cassian, um, which again, I, you know, maybe we need to rename this series, but still, you know, I think they, they just need to call it rebellion. I almost want to just have them just rename it. This is rebellion, you know, origins of the rebellion or something. Yeah. Rise of the rebellion. Let's do rise it. Rise of, of you know, rise of the rebellion. Oh wait, that's too close to another uh, movie. You may not uh, enjoy it, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> Yeah, Ben's gonna get itchy if we uh, say those words together too closely. But I do have a poster of that movie in this room. Yeah, so. we do. Yeah, it's your, it's, it must be your favorite. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, as long as we get into the end of the season, and, the, and maybe we talk about this now. What you know, what kind of expectations? And I think you've already touched on this. You know, um, what do you want to see in these last two episodes with? with some of these characters. Obviously with Cassian, we know that we we don't want to see regression. We want to put a stamp on and like, this is who he is. This is who, but are there any other um, characters that you have expectations for? Um, yeah, I would, I would like to, um, Ooh, this is a good question. Actually. I, I want to be able to experience Krieger on the screen. Mm -hmm. Kind of see what he's all about. Um, I would like Luthen to have to go through some sort of like trying experience because I don't think we've really gotten that yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the first couple episodes, sort of. Um, but I would like to see that. Obviously, as I said with Cassian, I want to see like this progression, this proactiveness with him of him joining the rebellion at this point. Um, 
I mean, this is a little bit unrealistic because he's obviously a part of the show, but I would, I honestly wish they would just stop talking about Karn. Um, (laughs) You know, obviously that's not going to happen, but um, at very best, some way to salvage the character so that he doesn't seem like this Mm -hmm. creepy cereal eating Mm -hmm. mama's boy. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, I mean, and keep it coming with the Mon Mothma stuff, obviously. I can never... Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, other small thing that I... I don't need this in, in season one or as part of the show at all, but I really want it. I want to see, like, a little Palpatine, like, oh, yeah. like exchange. Like, give me give me just, like, a two-minute scene yeah, of, right. of Mon Mothma and Palpatine, you know, exchanging mm-hmm. some sort of dialogue. Um, right. e- even if it's like a holocron, you know, just just give me a little bit. Give, me, give me a little bit of Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I and I think when you and I had watched the the uh Tales of the Jedi, um we there wasn't much discussion around like because we these are the characters we know. So they're, you know, when you when you have a series like Andor, you're learning about all these characters here in real time, right? But when we're talking about Tales of the Jedi, we already have a pretty good understanding of a Dooku of Ahsoka. And so we we're just here for the fun. We let's let's just see the lightsabers, let's just see the force being used, these types of things. Now there there were some plot points in those um that we were able to break down. But in a series like this, we are learning in real time about all of these characters. Um maybe some more than others and we enjoy some characters more than others just like that. Um, but I think at the end of it, um, we just uh, we just end up enjoying it so much more um, because we know that there's always a possibility that something like a Palpatine, yeah, like a like a stormtrooper, like a lightsaber, or something that could happen, you know. So if you're able to just give us that little bit of fan service and just let's just throw. Let's just call up Ian and be like, "Listen, we got about two minutes dialogue for you. Let's just uh, let's knock this out." Um, that would go a lot for not only for, I mean, especially for us as Star Wars fans, but you know, even the more and we've talked about it, we, we don't gatekeep here, but even the more casual ones, they're just yeah. like, "Oh yeah, he's familiar. I know the Emperor." You know, I think in a lot of ways, though, that's why. I think that's why Andor might be inter- more interesting for me personally more interesting to dissect as opposed to something like uh like tales of the jedi because we obviously as like star wars fans if we see both of those like which like tales of the jedi we almost have this like innate like monkey drooling response to it it's like we see it and we're like oh no way like Yep. like oh my gosh can you believe that like oh yeah it's the stuff that we love and we're familiar we with have a reaction video of that so you got to go watch that yeah check out the uh the tales <laughs> of the jedi reaction video if you haven't seen it yet uh but but that's what i mean like when we're experiencing on the flip side when we're experiencing characters for the first time you know we don't have this like monkey drool thing going on where it's like oh my gosh ahsoka has a lightsaber it's like let me like actually like think about okay what's happening with these characters why is that character making that decision like what influences that character's motivations which which I I enjoy you know when we get stuff like the Mandalorian or or the Ahsoka show that comes out next year um you know or obviously Andor which we're covering 
uh, you get to you get to experience stuff with these characters for the first time, and you get to right. you know grow with the characters um, rather than something like Tales of the Jedi, where as much as we love it, uh, we're we're kind of getting like icing on top of a cake that we've already yeah, right, partaken yeah. of for the past however many years. So right, yeah. Uh, I I enjoy experiencing the characters for the first time and and you know going through that experience. So yeah. yeah. Very nice. Well, um, I think that uh, that about puts a wrap on this one. Remember, if you're not subscribed over on YouTube, which, by the way, if you're listening to this in an audio version, either on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and you'd like to listen to it uh, in a visual format, we are uh, available on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel at YouTube. Uh, feel free to check it out. Subscribe. Subscribe. You should. It's a, it's a blast. It's a blast. <laughs> Um, and also available, uh, you can also email us at hothhangout at gmail.com or tweet at us at hothhangout. If you have any questions Star Wars related or otherwise, we would love to hear them and respond to them on a podcast. So, uh, we hope to do that hopefully very near in the future. If we get some, uh, some question prompts, perhaps we can bring them up as somewhat of a suggestion box segment here on the pod um but yeah I, I think moving into the last two episodes of andor um we'll be covering of course both episodes 11 and 12 the finale of season one so be on the lookout for for those episodes coming to you very soon as well uh, and if you in particular have any star wars uh or non-star wars for that matter related ideas or content that you would like us to uh cover you more than welcome to uh, recommend us anything you, you would like. We have some couple ideas in the works uh, that we're, that we're ex excited about. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well, especially going into the new year where December will kind of be a little bit of a, a down month before Bad Batch, which premieres in January. Uh, and then, of course, Mandalorian, which premieres in February, followed by Ahsoka, which will premiere... Um, shortly thereafter, assume I would assume, um, which has been given a 2023 release. We look forward to covering all of it, um, and we appreciate you for listening to the Hoth Hangout podcast. Joey, any uh, any thoughts before we, we call this one? One way out. One <laughs> way out. One way out. I feel like I need a spear. I just need to charge into the something and like, that's right one way out of this series yeah and, uh, it's the last two episodes so let's go let's go <laughs> excited for the last two uh thanks again for listening until next time may the force be with you